So, what does it take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Well, find out on another episode of We Are Amada. I'm Marcos Mora. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of We Are Amada. Really special episode today. We're talking about the most important thing to any Amada entrepreneur, which is hiring caregivers. So today we have Daryl Beckles, who is our Director of Client Acquisition. She has been with Amada for the last six months. Prior to Amada, she spent 15 years in HR, recruiting and ops, hiring thousands of people. In fact, last month, Daryl helped our franchise partners hire over a thousand new caregivers throughout the country. So Daryl's going to explain why has it been so hard to hire people since COVID, why it is actually improving, and what does the future hold for our industry? And it's going to be difficult, but she has incredible insight to share about the amazing opportunity we have to hire amazing caregivers and be one of the leading home care companies in the United States. So enjoy the episode. Here we go. Thanks for joining us. Daryl, how are you? I'm doing great, Marcos. How are you doing? Doing good. And so here is my question. My question is, will we ever be able to hire people the way we used to before the pandemic? As everyone knows, it has been extremely hard to hire enough people. So many people have just stopped working. They've gone to uh, gig economy or Etsy or other things that are trying to do. But now as mortgages have to get paid, student loans are coming due Actually, right now, I think I think September 1st, student loans come due again. So people are starting to go to work. So I wanted to invite here an expert, as I always do, bring in Daryl Beckles, who is a 15-year executive of HR Recruiting and Ops. And we are so fortunate that Daryl is now at Amada Senior Care. She's been with us for the last six months. And it's been amazing having her here with that much experience. She's actually worked with other home care companies and, and other large recruiters that had to recruit thousands and thousands of people like we do here at Amada Senior Care. So who better to be able to tell us what has happened with recruiting? How bad is it? Is it getting better? And what do we need to do to get through this recruiting nightmare? And I don't even know if it is a nightmare anymore. I hear a lot of mixed results. So Daryl, thanks for being here on the show with us. Sure thing. Uh, that's a very loaded question, your whole question, right? Yeah, it's a big so, question. Um, yes, but I always like to take it from a very uh, positive approach. So I'm going to kind of break that down in the first piece, which was, will we ever get back to pre-COVID hiring numbers? Um, we have seen some great success here at Amada, uh, where we are able to hire uh, plenty of caregivers. So I think it's really in how you um, advertise your job posting. Are you optimizing your LinkedIn posts, your Indeed posts? So for us in home care, Indeed is probably the number one source of caregivers. So Amada has done a really great job that once somebody sees our ad, that we get um, a great click-through rate on applications, people starting Mm. their applications and then completing them. So I, I really like to kind of flip that question on its head because I feel uh, personally that we don't have a recruiting issue. And this kind 
kind of goes across multiple industries. So if you look at a very transient hourly employee that mm -hmm. may leave some, somewhere for 10 or 15 cents more an hour or 50 cents more an hour, it's really that they're looking kind of for their home. So going back to the Yamada example, where we're hiring around a thousand caregivers every single month across the country, that's quite a number. And that allows us it to is. provide that compassionate care that we want to provide. The question is, how can we keep those caregivers? So same in restaurants, retail, customer service, yeah, banking. Yeah, it's a problem all for of, everybody. Yes. Yeah. it's and, and so what I'm hearing in the industry is I can get people, but then will they show up for orientation or will they work past, you know, the 30-day mark, something like that where they just may say, I'm not motivated anymore. So I think that's where we have the real opportunity is to really start looking at retention and saying we're bringing people in right? How can we keep them? Yeah. I remember going back to how bad was it? And because it, I, I think, I think a lot of folks that didn't have recruiting issues may not understand that when COVID started and we were buying masks, I remember at one point we had like a thousand masks in our office and we were shipping masks out to our franchise partners. And the concern right. back then wasn't so much, will we have people to work? It was more, will people be able to get to work? And in those, that first year of COVID, our business actually grew faster than ever because so many people went home and the caregivers were still working. And, and I remember we got a surge of other employees from retail, from restaurant, from hospitality who couldn't work those three industries. And so we could hire at will. It was the craziest thing. And then as soon as you started to get um, a lot of the, the Biden checks, not, not having to pay the, your mortgage, not having to pay student loans, I think that's where things started to get difficult how, how difficult did it get? I mean, was it, because we, we still grew, at least for Amada, we still grew year over year. Yeah. We didn't grow as fast as we thought we would, but it was pretty painful for a while, right? Yeah, I was able to um, see that and witness what was going on when I was with uh, my former organization. But I really think um, psychologically, really, folks were at home. They were, you know, able to spend time with family a little more, even in, in, in care or for caregivers, because, right, some people weren't having caregivers come into their home. They didn't want anybody else in their home. Right. They were afraid right. of getting COVID. So now you're asking people that have had these opportunities to spend enormous amounts of time with their family right. and doing things that they love to come back to work. But again, I think that goes into recruiting and retention strategies. If I understand what is important to Marcos, then I can entice Marcos to come work with me and then deliver on my promise. And that's when Marcos is going to stay. So I think, you know, even asking people what is important to you and an employer, what is it that you're looking for in an employer? So I do think that we can get people to come back to work. I think we're going to have a segment of the population that just isn't going to do it. And that's okay because right. we need people that are super committed to providing the compassionate care that we want to provide at Amada. And so we, we want the people that want to be with us and that want to commit to the type of schedule and type of professional caregiving that we want to provide. Now, I think what, I, what I'm hearing when you talk about retention, I'm also hearing from our franchise partners and other employers that maybe the silver lining and, and even, by the way, let me back up a little bit, even the fact, Daryl, that you are here, you think about how when we went through this crisis, our franchise partners were turning to us going, 
guys, we need help. And I think that happened throughout the industry. Uh, several friends, uh, I have a friend of mine that's in that's in uh, tree cutting and he was saying the same thing. Another one that's in uh, bug, uh, mosquito, mosquito hunters. They were like, dude, we oh, got to fight yeah. people. <laughs> and, and we were all talking about this. Um, and I think the silver lining perhaps is that we've all had to become a lot better employers, right? Like, I think I agree. I remember there was a time where we would put an ad on Craigslist and get a hundred resumes. It was, it was sort of, it was, I mean, that, that, those days are gone, right? I, I would say, I do believe that we still can get some caregivers in some areas, you know, coming from Craigslist, but really uh, so many things have shifted to Indeed, but also, you know, something to keep in mind with Indeed is they're really the number one source for caregivers, but it also can be high turnover from those candidates as well. And, that, and that's where I was talking about diversifying and saying you will always, I'm just going to, and this is not a plug for Indeed, but you will always have to be on Indeed to get probably the majority of your caregivers. You're going to see a lot of caregivers coming that way, but looking at things such as employee referrals, working with your local CNA schools, working mm -hmm. with community development programs, things of that sort, you need to show people, and this, again, my personal opinion, I've, I've seen at work as well, is caregiving is a profession. So when we start treating caregivers as professionals and show them that they have a career path, we're going to train them, we're going to show them the love that they need to be able to go out and give the care, you know, provide the care to our clients, then we can attract all different kinds of people from all different backgrounds. And just an interesting fact, Marcos, um, I think this study was done by my CNA jobs actually back in 2019, and it was 41% of caregivers have also worked in retail at some point in time. They might have worked wow, caregiving. Yes, caregiving and retail at the same mm -hmm. time, or, you know, they left retail, went to caregiving, and then vice versa. And the other interesting one was 83% of caregivers have worked in fast food and restaurants or some fast food or some kind of restaurant. Mm -hmm. Same thing, they might have been going through school to get their degree and they were working as a caregiver and or working in a restaurant at sometimes at the same time. So where I saw COVID really become an opportunity is a lot of restaurants, unfortunately, right? It's, I don't want to say it was an opportunity. It's unfortunate that restaurants, many of them closed down or people mm -hmm. just really stopped going up. Those people need employment. How do we right. reach them? How do we, how do our job ads speak to them to let them know they can have a career? We want their skill. Do they miss caregiving? Do they want right. to come back to us? All of those things. So it's not just your, what I think people would refer to as a typical caregiver, right? That has been in the business 20 years. That's what they've done. They love it. They're going to continue to do it. We're always going to have that core of people. And then we're going to see all different backgrounds, ages, education levels, and, and never think that somebody can't be a caregiver because we have the ability to train them. We have great tools to train them. So it's, it's interesting how it sounds like uh, caregiving, recruiting has also morphed into almost a sales operation. You know, in, 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 and I'm in franchise sales. And when, when we have somebody interested in Amada, you know, we call them right away. We do the follow-up. We have a great system. We bring them along. Is recruiting caregivers become much more of a 
you're 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 really trying to attract people, right? And, oh. and you have to have your game like from from resume, not just posting ads, but from resume to hiring, that process has to be pretty great, better than ever. Yeah, it's it's a relationship building business. It's a function, yes. another function in your business where you are building relationships. Just as you would go out and build a relationship with a referral partner to get mm -hmm. clients, you're doing that for caregivers. And if that happens to be via Indeed, that's responding quickly. That time has gotten so quick, you must respond quickly mm -hmm. um, and really find out, you know, tell the Amada story. Like you cannot just get on the phone with somebody and rattle off what your requirements are. Give them a little connection. Many times it's the owner of the company that is interviewing people. That's mm -hmm. a big deal. Like that's a, that speaks a lot um, to Amada and the, you know, quality of franchise partners that we have to that stay involved in the business. But you're absolutely right. It's a, re it's relationship. It's very relational. And then when you look at it from say a marketing funnel and home care, Paul shares these statistics. So basically for every four resumes you get or four applicants, however you want to look at it, you're probably going to hire one for every four Every four, you, you're going to you hire, hire one. Okay. Okay. And then, then you want them to make it into the orientation and take a shift. And sometimes those numbers can drop off, but I never feel like someone should be fearful of joining Amada. If that's their dream to own a home care business, I think Amada is that perfect place, right? Because we have such a great training and support team and we can help you through those trials and tribulations. Sometimes it's just that you need a pep talk or you yeah. have not gone back to the basics recently. And that's what I see in my conversations with our franchise partners or incoming uh, potential franchise partners that it's just um, spark needs to be lit. And it's a reminder like, oh, yeah, I can do this. And the other advice I would give really for anything in business is you have two buckets, right? You have personal over here and professional over here because someone is not going to show up to work. It's going to happen. It happens probably almost every day, but mm -hmm. that is not somebody attacking you personally. It's just a decision they made that day. And I think that's how I remain very, very positive because it is never a personal attack on me. They didn't wake up this morning going, I'm really going to upset Daryl by calling in today. But yeah. I, I just think that is a huge thing when you're recruiting. You can't you can't take things personally. You're you're probably doing the right things. Maybe you can tweak your strategies a little, but you're probably doing mostly the right thing. You just get caught up in some of the frustrations. So just put yeah. that in the in the business bucket, right? That's business. And over here, I'm going to stay really positive. And we talk. It's interesting you brought that up because when we're talking to folks who are looking at acquiring an Amada franchise. And we've helped, we have 165 locations now. And so that's probably about 90 entrepreneurs, something like that. And mm -hmm. we always tell them that part of this business is if the idea of people calling in sick or they've got to take care of their kids or their car broke down and that happening often because our we talk about how our product what we provide to everybody is people it's compassion and so it's people right it's not a software it's not a widget it's people and people people have lives right that they get in their way and so um we always check for that empathetic side right that that can you be empathetic when people are are have issues right that they need to uh sometimes have support through 
Mm-hmm. And, and we're very honest about if that sounds like a nightmare to you, don't open an Amada Senior Care. And by the way, probably don't open a restaurant or a gym or anything that you're going to hire really. people, right? Because, right, right. And, and, and what I find is a lot of times the entrepreneur says, it would be an honor or it would be amazing. I would love to provide 300 jobs. I would love someday to be the company that 400 caregivers work for, right? They, they actually have that affinity. How... When, as you, you've coached so many franchisees over the years and so many entrepreneurs in home care, is that a big factor? How that owner sees, you know, people calling, calling in sick and, and, oh. you know, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I think in general, how do they treat people? Because all of us come from different backgrounds. This is another thing mm-hmm. that I really try to work with people on. We may not understand somebody calling off, right? We don't know everything that happened in their household that day. We're talking about an employee that on average across the whole U.S. that makes around $14, $16 an hour, right? Your caregiver. So they're probably thinking about how am I feeding my kids or if there was a change in daycare, how do I have daycare? So, you know, we're not experiencing those problems, many of us, Um, especially as a business owner, we're, we're probably not, right? So I think it's how you approach it instead of somebody, you know, when their car breaks down or they're like, oh my gosh, I really want to be there. Well, can we offer them a ride? And I think there's many scenarios we could play through with. But yes, the the sympathy, the empathy, the understanding, those personal connections are going to take you so, so far. It's uh, it's going to take you very far. Yeah, because that, that's what translates to the, to the end consumer, right? That senior is either going to have a caregiver that is happy, that is uh, loving and has empathy for them because their employer has empathy for them. And it, what's so funny is it is actually so rare in our industry. It's something that back in 2012, when I got into this and back when you got into this, I was always so surprised that so many companies don't have that. They don't have the empathy for their number one asset, which is their their caregivers. It's so surprising. Correct. So, you, and so now you talked about retention. You started here with us talking about how important retention is that and, and this may be across a lot of industries that people are coming back to work. Resumes are up. Uh, applications are up. We're hiring a thousand people a month at Amada. Um, retention. You feel that the problem in the industry throughout home care and other industries where you're, you're hiring that IRA employee is retention. How do we solve that? Yes. So a couple, and I would like to go back to one thing we were just talking about prior, yeah. like the connection with people. So then you said the end result was what the service that our consumer, right? So our seniors are, you know, that we're providing care for. And yeah. I think one thing that everybody in, in our industry needs to remember, and really any industry, your client experience is never, ever going to see the caregiver experience ever, ever. Say that again, your client experience will never exceed your caregiver experience. So how you treat your caregivers is how they are going to treat your clients. So I think it's so important that you keep that in mind. And it could be something as simple as someone needs a new pair of scrubs. Like if you have them wearing scrubs, they're not intending to go to work in a dirty pair of scrubs, but maybe they don't have laundry at their at their own home and they have to go pay for that. And we all know cost of everything is going up. So really just being aware of all those things and the little, it's really to me, it's the little big things. It's not always saying, I'm going to pay you a dollar fifty more now hour than 
everybody else in the industry. It's that I know that your daughter has a soccer game tonight. And so tomorrow when you come in, I want to know how her soccer game was, you know, or if I hear, yeah. Or if I hear that she needs soccer shoes, maybe I can buy a pair of soccer shoes. And that to me is much cheaper than having to go out and recruit over and over and over. I want those connections. I want people to be connected um, to me for sure. So, and I think the next question was about the numbers and how are we recruiting now and what's that looking like? Is that correct? I got off track with my... No, so it it was, well, it was more the, how do we retain, right? Because you said in the beginning that... Oh, yeah. The resumes are up. We're we're getting people to come back to work. We're hiring a thousand people a month, but there's still the retention. Yeah. And and what I get a lot is people saying, but, you know, if somebody is going to leave... And let's say they started as a caregiver and now they finally got their nursing degree or they started a caregiver and they're moving. Like some people you're not going to retain no matter what you do. So what do you mean when you say retention? How do you actually, how do you, how do you extend uh, the life of that employee with you? Yeah. And even even their happiness and quality of, of that time they're with you, right? Absolutely. So I think, and Marcos, what you were mentioning is really what we would call good turnover. Someone may be going on to pursue a degree in X, whatever that is. And so they've really given us just say two years of their time while they were going through school. That's wonderful. We, we never want to get upset when somebody leaves, right? right. You know, we just have to figure out, you know, why it is. And that's one thing you could do to look at retention is attempting to do an exit interview and finding out why people might be leaving. But the other thing that you can really do is ask your, your folks that have been with you for a long time, why do they stay? Like, and then, mm-hmm. then you start building your retention strategies around real facts, real data and saying, you know, where is this happening? And the average, and this again is according to Home Care Pulse benchmarking survey, the average turnover rate for 2022 was 77%. So you are wow. turning over just when you think about that. And when you're turning, if you can reduce that yeah. even by 10%, it's huge. So, and it literally costs you three times as much money to turn over uh, approximately three times as much money to turn over an employee than it does to hire that. So where I look at is, okay, the biggest turnover. So of that 77%, 60% of that 77% of turnover is happening in the first 90 days. The first 90 days. 70% is happening in the first 90 days. That's fast. So overall, yes. Yeah, so overall wow. turnover is 77 and right. 60% of that 77 is oh. happening in the first 90 days. More than so half are leaving in the first 90 days. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. Yes. And if we get them to 90 days, industry standards say they'll stay till six months. If you get them to six months, they're probably going to stay for a year. Now you have a long-term employee. If we can get somebody for a year, that's actually really great. So where I've been focusing a lot in in some of my conversations is what does that look like from when you hire somebody? So I've offered you a position and your orientation is next Tuesday. Well, that's several days, right? That's six days, five and a half-ish, right? Mm -hmm. Until I see you again, I'm going to have touch points. And those five and a half days, make sure you have everything you need. Do you feel comfortable with where our office location is? 
Will you be able to come in in a proper uniform? Is there something I can help you with? And again, what I hear a lot is we are afraid to somewhat invest in people up front because they leave. So I want to flip it over and say, if we invest in them, will they stay? So I think you really Mm -hmm. have to look at those and say, okay, so now I had them show up for orientation. Are they leaving that orientation with shifts? Have they met with your scheduler? Do they know who the scheduler is? Do they know that who the client's going to be? What kind of care is provided? And more importantly than anything I just said so far is, are they trained to feel confident and competent to provide the care to that client? If not, let's get them to that point before they go see that client. Because that is when someone's going, that's where that 30, 60, 90 day turnover is happening. They may be going in to provide for a client and they don't, they don't know. They may be a fantastic caregiver, but they just don't have that specific skill. Let's mm-hmm. invest in them, give them that skill so they feel confident and competent providing that care. That's interesting, right? Because the, the thought of hire them and if they do a good job, then invest in them. You're saying, no, listen, invest upfront, invest in them upfront so they can do the best job possible. I think that's awesome, which is so, it sounds so so simple and not a very complicated yes. thing to do, but it, but investing upfront is hard to do, right? And, and it is. Um, taking that chance uh, upfront, but that's amazing. Correct. And depending on your state, right? So we have all of our different states. It's very interesting still to me after many years in home care that every state is regulated so differently. You know, some have a six hour dementia Mm -hmm. training requirement. Some have no training requirements. What I find interesting are the ones that don't necessarily, or maybe in an unlicensed state or have very minimal training standards. To me, that gives us a huge opportunity to bring in people from those other industries that we mentioned, restaurant, retail, Mm -hmm. customer service backgrounds, and give them the skill, show them a path. Like to be a professional caregiver, we have those tools. Amada has really sourced out some great provider, partner providers that we have, some vendors that help, you know, with setting up training and uh, specialized training, things like that. So I just believe we have so much opportunity in our business for sure to, to give people a true career. So um, I guess the outlook, and I hear this from our franchise partners too, that Um, The outlook is that that people are going back to work and so many of our franchise partners are saying, I no longer have a problem hiring. It it is done. I can hire at will. It's no problem. Some are still saying, no, it's still been difficult. But a lot of them are saying that they're back. And so it sounds like if if you were to look at the next uh, year, two, three, you know, there's also the idea that they're, they're talking about COVID making a comeback this fall, you know, and going back to masks. But what do you think the outlook is for hiring in our country over the next uh, year, two and three? I, what I'm reading, it's it's going well, right? So we are seeing an increase in the number of hires. Um, a very interesting statistic is caregivers in the home is like the number two segment, um, according to the Department of Labor, of job growth. So we have wow. all these jobs that we are going to have to, you know, that are going to be created because people are choosing to stay in the home. 
which is a fantastic thing, right, for non-medical home care providers, Amata specifically, that we are going to have that opportunity. And again, if we continue to focus on just our traditional caregiver, we're going to have to open up our minds and our hearts and patience to train people that may otherwise it said, I, I didn't know I wanted to be a caregiver, but I am a very giving person. I'm detail oriented. I like to provide a service, things like that. So overall, I feel like it is really good. I think um, this is a great question because I think the more metrics that we have and we can monitor what's going on, it will help us not overreact. So August is typically a very slow month in hiring. People are getting their kids back to school. Sure, we saw right. our number of hires drop right from July to August. And that's going to happen typically when school is letting out. So sometimes May, early June, people are trying to get childcare situated and things like that. The other time of year is the beginning of the year when income taxes come in and things like that. People have that additional money. They may decide mm. I want to take some time off work or I would like to go on this vacation, whatever right. it is. And, and I'm not judging, right? I'm just being factual. Those are the yeah. things that are happening. But if we understand the seasonality of it, then we won't be in such a panic because I do hear and there are pockets, right? Like right now, Seattle, Washington is super ultra competitive. It's very competitive there. Whereas like parts of California are not as competitive to get caregivers. And it can be income-based driven. Like if you're in, um, you know, just specific pockets or different regions, you'll just see the differences. So do I think it's 100% cured? Probably not, but I think we have a really positive outlook. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us today for this live here on LinkedIn. And for those of you who are listening to the podcast, thank you so much for being here with us. Daryl, thank you for sharing your insights and for being here at Amada. It's been uh, been awesome having you here for the last six months. Yes, thank you for having me here at Amada. I'm really enjoying it. And hopefully some of this information will help you all. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us. This is Marcos Mora. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you all on the next show.